This is the I Work For Him podcast. To make sure you never miss a thing from I Work For Him, subscribe to our email list. Just head to our website at iworkforhim.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, click subscribe, and sign up. We'll send the very latest blogs and podcasts from I Work For Him so you never miss a beat. That's iworkforhim.com. This is producer Michael Marigle. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get to today's program. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian Talk Radio. This is also probably going to be one of the fastest, funniest half hours in Christian Talk Radio. Hey, thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him this afternoon, as it is Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg, as we tackle your marriage and your relationship issues as they relate to your work. That's right. That's what we I always love it when you say tackling things together. It's this great alliteration. It's the proverbial two-by-four. Yes. All right, but here's what, we're de- here's what we're dealing with today. We're dealing with some pretty incredible things. I'm not going to tell you just yet. Right before the show, there was, uh, we, I don't know, the Cruiserweight or Better Marriage Retreat. It said this show was sponsored mm-hmm. this half hour by the Cruiserweight or Better Marriage Retreat. I think it's a really good idea for you to tell people why they should get involved right now in signing up for the Cruiserweight or Better Marriage Retreat. Okay. So one of the things that, um, you know, it's a great time of year to be thinking about what you want to do in the spring. And so our next Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage is next February 8th through 12th. And um, this is the time to sign up. We have about eight cabins left. So eight more couples can join us. And it's important that if you're thinking about doing it, come now because of the fact that pretty soon the cruise ship might say, "Mm, we want to have some of those rooms back because, you know, we gave you a pretty good deal. We want to sell them. These are a very good deal. We're talking five days, four nights on a marriage retreat. And it's and literally, there's 94 hours on the ship and only about eight hours of those out, of those 92. Are we bothering you guys for trying to have a radio show here? <laughs> <laughs> our, our guests are very excited about getting on, but we're not ready for them just we're yet. Just, They're just having, okay. taking really pictures, having a good time. All right, but it is it's really important that we have uh, the people understand. It's just eight hours is focused marriage retreat and the rest of the time is just time away with your spouse away from your cell phone away from the internet away from your kids just it's just time away yes so get signed up right now go to facebook i work for him and there's an event out there or on our i work for him website iworkforhim.com and click on our events tab and it's a featured event it is. And so there they have the phone number. They can call our cruise planner, Rick Saltarelli. He's been on the cruise with us before. He knows firsthand. He's been on the ship a lot of times. He can tell you everything about it that you need to know and any, any questions you may have and walk you through the process. This would make a great Christmas present for your kids. If you don't want to go on the cruise, you could buy this for your children, your married children, of course. This would be and a great thing. Don't send your little kids with us. We're not interested <laughs> We're not in your babysitting. little kids. We're not babysitting your children. Do not send your kids Aww, on a marriage cruise. All right. We could do that a different Yes, you could. Okay, introducing our topic for today. Getting married, having kids, raising kids, it all seems pretty surreal. The time flies by so stinking fast. Mm -hmm. Then we experience empty nester days. Why is this such a big deal in so many marriages? You got to stay tuned to find out today. Today, Martha and I on Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha, we're going to talk about the empty nesting syndrome and how you can prepare your marriage for those inevitable days. We bring in studio to us, with us today some fellow empty nesters, Steve, Dr. Steve and Kathleen Steph. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Steph, and welcome to the show, Miss Kathleen. 
Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Jim and Martha. Great to be here. We're excited to have you guys with us today. As we have known each other now several years, Dr. Steph, if you remember, has been on the show several times, but we've talked about his incredible book, The Business Card, and we're going to give away a copy of that. This is a great book. Well, just tell it really quick, 30 seconds. What's the book about? Uh, the book is about uh, changing the life of the business owner up in South Carolina, how Christ changed him to where he started to run his business according to Christian principles as opposed to just producing all he possibly could. Right. He had an amazing faith experience of the three-day silent retreat. Yeah, amazing experience. And uh, humbled himself, came before his employees and said, I have sinned against you and I've sinned against the Lord and I'm going to make this right. That's an amazing story. I'd love to give you away a, a copy of that. We'll give away Stupid. a copy of that right after the next break. We will give you a copy of the business card. Okay. Empty nesting. Martha, you picked out this verse for today. Well, I'm sure it's a good one. It is. Remind Ephesians <laughs> 4, 2 and 3. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Why did you pick that verse when it came to empty nesting? Well, because I think one of the key things that we really need to um, talk about today is the fact that it is important for us to stay healthy in our marriage so that when this chapter of life comes along where we find ourselves in an empty nest, that we have worked to be united and to still have a marriage without the kids. Because that is the thing that I think so many people in our society forget about is the fact that once the kids are gone, there's still a marriage and you that that you had a marriage before the kids. So um, in that, most cases, and well, today sure. that's not always and, the case. But that's understandable. We, we <laughs> get true. that. But but the whole idea of, of that verse and the fact that um, making every effort and being united, those are key principles to having a healthy marriage relationship. And I think they're key for no matter what tough time you're going through. And this happens to be one of those. And it's not just um, a syndrome. You know, it's a chapter. It's a, it's just a, it's, a, it's part of life. Well, it might be a syndrome. No, because I don't think it need. Well, I don't, I just don't want people to, to, to dwell on it. It's like, this is, this is the next thing God has for you. And then there's going to be another next and another next. All right. So we all knew it was coming. You know, mm-hmm. uh, how, how old was Jeremiah before he left the nest? Kathleen. He was 17. Okay. He went away to school. Graduated from high school. And when he came home, did he come back after college and live with you guys for a while or not? He did not. He did not. Unfortunately, he met the love of his life in college, decided to stay in Boone, North Carolina and work a semester and go to uh, graduate school for his MBA. (laughs) As long as mom and dad are paying, I'm going to keep going to school because my sweetie lives here. This is the truth of that. So (laughs) that's exactly how that happened. So he met the love of his life, uh, elementary education for his wife, Erin, and Jeremiah was an MBA major. And uh, after graduation, within three months, they dated for three or four years. And couple of months after graduating from his MBA, they were married. Two months later, they moved to New Zealand, and that's where they reside now. Steve, so, was it something you said? The desk got real empty. The, yes, very Zealand. empty. Yeah, <laughs> and that's a tough one. So did it come as a shock to you when Jeremiah went away to high school, or to high school, when he went away to college, Steve, did it come as a shock to you, this whole empty nest feeling? Well, you know, we were discussing this earlier, and empty nesting 
for for many of us, for for Kathleen and me, is incremental. You know, because they you graduated from high school, went to college, and you, well, technically, I guess you're an empty nester, but not really. I mean, we got season football tickets. You know, we're up in Boone every weekend for football games, and then mm-hmm. uh, he came home that first summer, and he's coming home on holidays. So, so that was kind of an incremental. Then the next big step, well, now he's married. Well, hold it. Now it's pretty empty. And then the next step, well, they live on the other side of the planet. No, that's that's a pretty empty nest there, you know. So did it come as a shock, though? I mean, all of a sudden when you realized, hmm, the nest is really empty. He's not coming home to live, yeah. except when he needs to mooch, but he's not coming home to live permanently anymore. Yeah, I think for for Kathleen, it did not come as a shock, but a huge impact yeah. And then interestingly enough, uh, the impact on me was not until the second year he was gone because it was almost as though, well, I know he's still around and he's just over there and I could get to him. But then the second year he didn't really come home. And for me, there was a, yeah, there was a shock. Shock would be the word. Well, and I think that it was um, one of the things that uh, for us, I mean, it was we, our adopted daughter never lived full time with us. Mm-hmm. When Joshua went away to the toughest time was they both went away to, they, to junior college here locally. Mm-hmm. And then they, Joshua went to Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I think, wow, that was a rough day. You remember that day? Oh, of course I do. <laughs> remember yeah. it very well. You know, it's one of those moments in time where you know exactly where you were, what you were wearing, what you felt. All of those things because it was just, I'm just kidding. I don't okay. really remember what you were wearing. <laughs> okay, good. I was really worried. But I probably could figure it out. He was wearing but shorts. He, he yeah. was wearing shorts and more than likely just a t-shirt or something. But um, but it because we saw him you know, leaving and going onto an international airplane yeah. and not knowing when we would connect again. But I agree with Steve in the sense that um, it was like this incremental thing because he went and came back, you know, he went to Costa Rica, he came back. Those were all adjustments yeah. in mm. the process. Yes. Kathleen, when Steve was writing that book, The Business Card, did you get to meet Peter during that process? I cannot remember I when know. I met I Peter, so. but he is the most gracious man. Yeah. Mm. Loving, kind, considerate, giving man. And this book is a quick read. Yes, it is. It is a quick read, and it's one that you won't want to miss. Great book. Thanks. Get a copy of the business card. Yes, it's uh, and and my favorite part. Not only is the book really good, Doctor Steve Steph. <laughs> I know but, what you're going to say. But the cover is cushy. <laughs> yeah. I love the cushy cover. <laughs> it's the only yeah. book I've ever gotten that was a serious business book that had a cushy cover. It's just fun to cuddle up with. Eight seven seven nine four three ninety six seventy three. All right. Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha, as we always talk about marriage and relationship issues, and we're tackling the days of uh, uh, of empty nesting. And Martha and I have recently gone through this, and Steve and Kathleen have recently gone through this, and we thought we could just, we are going to be together today. I thought this would be a perfect topic for mm-hmm. us to tackle. All right, so let's just ask this question. Anybody wants to jump on it? Were, were you prepared when empty nesting hit? Go ahead. Kathleen. I thought I was prepared mm. because a number of mothers and myself would get together once a week and pray for our children and pray for us. And we did that the whole senior year. And we knew we were prepared. We read God's word. We memorized God's word. 
we met, we we loved our children mm-hmm. into leaving. We had talked ourselves into, it's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. We're encouragers. We're cheerleaders. Mm, not so much when it happened. <laughs> it, it, so can you imagine if you hadn't done that? Who? If you hadn't even been Ooh. thinking about it. Yeah, I don't even had, know what it, yeah. That would have been tough. Mm-hmm. That would have been really tough. Mm-hmm. Let me let me just go back. Uh, we were talking about this a little earlier. Uh, Steve and I um, were not able to um, conceive, carry, and deliver um, our child. And our child was adopted at birth. And we were fortunate enough to be there at the, at his birth. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough to be in the delivery room with him when, when he was born. So as a mother, maternally, um, I've had this connection with my son that um, he's he's been my best friend at, friend at time. He's been my playmate. And I've been his basketball, baseball, football, soccer mom. And, yeah, it was really tough when he went off to college because I lost that friend and that playmate. And... I'm the jock of the family. Steve is the. We're still trying to figure out. What? Are you? I mean, he's, he's, I mean, he's a super, the super genius. He is uh, an avid reader. Loves movies. Outside on four wheelers and dirt bikes and horses and not so much. So yeah, I lost my playmate. Mm. It was tough. I, I don't, Martha. What about for you? Did it come? Did it come as a shock? Were you prepared? Well, I think much like Kathleen, um, you think you are. You think you're like, okay, I know this is coming. I think for us, we're both the babies of the family. We have the youngest kids in the family. So we saw, you know, we got to be the witnesses of, of this happening in our siblings' families and stuff. So I think we got to learn a lot by experience through them. So again, you're never completely prepared, but we also had people speak into us very early on in our marriage. We had friends that we had friends when we were early in our marriage that had teenagers. They had older kids. Yes. And so they spoke into us and, and very much challenged us to make sure that our marriage was a priority Mm -hmm. over the kids so that throughout the kids being at home. Yes. So that we didn't come to a point when the kids were gone and we didn't know each other. And mm-hmm. so that yeah. we were we were forewarned. We were um, truly had that wisdom spoken into us. So I think that we maybe had a little bit of an advantage in that way. You still never know what you're going to feel like, you know, Correct. and, and right. you still can't tell people what they're going to feel like at that moment because it's different for everybody for different reasons, like you said. Well, and our parents never shared how they felt. I swear my parents had a, when we moved, Martha and I, after we got married, we lived in my parents' house for just three months before we went off and finished off college or last year of college. And I swear when we left, there was a massive party at that house <laughs> that I was going. Now, but all truth <clears throat> be told. But we don't really know because they never told me how they really felt. Well, but all truth be told, do you remember what happened just a few years after we were married and we saw the movie Father of the Bride? Oh, yes, we did with Steve Martin. And and we called our parents and we apologized. <laughs> for getting married I, yeah. 19 and 20. Because we went from living in our parents' homes to being married. And that, you know, much yeah, like sure. Jeremiah, we're college and then off yes. to being married. And, um, you know, what... I never once thought about how they made my parents feel. feel. (laughs) Never once. And I don't believe that I'm 
a very self-centered person, but in that moment, you're not thinking about that. Hey, you're listening to I Work For Him as we talk today about the empty nesting syndrome as on Tuesdays we tackle your marriage and relationship issues. And this is one, marriages need to be prepared for this time of life. Mm-hmm. And we've got in studio with us today, Dr. Steve and Kathleen Steph. These guys are great friends of ours and we share in the ministry together a, a lot. Of, we've done a lot of ministry together on the air. And uh, Dr. Steve, and I, Steve Steph and I do a lot of podcasting together. This has been a lot of fun. And so we're going to hear this perspective, but understand this gets a little raw for us as parents because yeah. this is this is a sensitive subject. But I want to thank Justin in Spring Hill and Lou from Lakeland. Thanks so much to both of you for listening to I Work For Him. Thanks for calling in and winning copies of the mm-hmm. business card. And we'll get that sent out to you here very, very shortly. But thanks so much That's for awesome. listening to I Work For Him. So, Steve, were you prepared for empty nesting? Were you prepared no. when Jeremiah left? <clears throat> no, absolutely not. No, I, I, I wasn't prepared uh for for me i i will tell you that i guess i just didn't anticipate uh the loneliness that mm-hmm. i was going to feel with my son not being there and lonely was lonely would be the word quiet he it was I so have, quiet he and i have a very close relationship and he and his mother she said that we we all three have a very close relationship i would say that uh you know everyone may feel this way but uh, we feel as though our relationship really was much closer than some of his friends experienced with their parents. Mm-hmm. So when Jeremiah did leave, there was a huge void of just Noah's void thing. You know, I'd be out in the garage working on things. Jeremiah's not there. Uh, around the, we lived out in the country, you know, around the farm there, uh, out working on things. Jeremiah's not there. And it took quite a while for that impact to really sink in for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not, I think I'm, today I'm to that point where it's sunk in, but it was. It, it, but it happened so quickly because you know Joshua goes away to Costa Rica, comes back and lives here for another nine months, and goes away to Jacksonville, and then never really came home because mm-hmm. he went to Jacksonville. Amelia's scoping out the Bible study there on campus <laughs> and hooks him up in a Bible study, and they get married a year later. But it was that, and when he and he's still here in Jacksonville. But what I think what caught us most off guard was when Sarah graduates, lives with us, then she moves out to her own apartment. And then just a few months later, she's like, I'm going to go to Iowa. Yeah, mm. that was yeah that was hard because sure. it was we were still here and you know sarah's noisy like me and we still were we could still <laughs> we love you honey yes if <laughs> like she's listening today <laughs> we will make sure but i mean it was it was quiet and when i'd walk into this room where we now have our office in our in our home studio and we could broadcast from indian rocks beach it is um it, it was like wow I just missed my boy because he yeah. was my playmate, yeah. Sarah. And I, we, we, we did, I watched her play softball. We didn't play a lot together. Mostly we bantered. We're very yeah. good at bantering together. But Joshua and I, we played the together. beach, yeah. you and Joshua were over yeah, there. That's right. So. So it, but you know what? I just thought of something very interesting. A couple of weekends ago, we had several of our kids home. And by Monday night, they had all dispersed. And we had those very sad feelings again you know it was just like okay we had this fun and and just energetic weekend of of get togetherness and then the house was quiet like a little teaser almost yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. let me let me throw a footnote in there talk about how incremental this has been since we've been on radio today i've gotten a text from my son in new zealand you know so (laughs) it's still you know there's still another increment to go you know he's texting us right now that's awesome well and and that is the good news about you know we're able to facetime our kids no matter where they are our oldest kid our our adopted daughter who is who's only 10 years younger than us 
we can't FaceTime her because she and her husband refuse to buy iPhones. <laughs> so we just only get to talk to them. We have to Skype with them, and that technology has just gotten – it just doesn't work well. With, she, again, she's got a dumpy computer. So we, we'd love that. But with our son and his wife and our new grandson, uh, that we're able to – that FaceTiming really makes that possible. Are you able to FaceTime with uh, with Jeremiah and Aaron in oh, New Zealand? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We oh, use a couple yeah. different apps there, and it's, 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 a, it's a godsend. WhatsApp. You using WhatsApp? We use WhatsApp. WhatsApp. Yeah, we yeah. use WhatsApp. We use Skype. Is FaceTime, you know, but I, I, I want to do want to throw one other thing in while I'm thinking about it because we talked about how much preparation you all did as a couple. I'm going to hold ahead. you right there. The preparation question we're going to deal with: How did you prepare for empty nesting, and what did you do, or what should you do if you're not there yet? You're listening to I Work for Him with your host Jim and Martha Brangenberg as we talk today about the empty nesting syndrome. You're going, Jim. This is a a faith and work, a workplace revolving show radio show what are you talking about the empty nesting syndrome well you're going to find out during this half as if you're not prepared for your kids to leave the nest it's going to impact well it doesn't really matter you can't be prepared but we're going to tell you some things you can do to be better prepared but you're not going to be totally prepared if because you couldn't be totally prepared for what you're going to go through but you need to know it's going to impact your work it's going to impact your faith it's going to impact your marriage It, it, it just it's going to impact you period end of story speaking of impact there's a movie coming out on September the 7th, a one-night event. Yes. We got to preview this movie. We did. Because we're going to talk about it. We're actually going to have the lead actress from this movie on our show here in a couple of weeks. Very excited about the that. A new movie coming out. This is actually put out by Liberty University. It was, it was written by Liberty University's film program called Extraordinary. And this is an amazing story of about a, of a... I, I, my Take lips. a deep breath. Okay. It's a story <laughs> of ultra marathon runner and college professor David Horton and his wife, Nancy. Real people. These are real people. Their so attempt to finish their... Story. It is. Yes. Oh, it's, it is a real story. Yes, but they're not acting as themselves. No, no, because yes. this was written... No, it's not. But it's... Okay. The issue is this guy's constantly going out running across a country. <laughs> Why would you do that when you could drive? I don't know. <laughs> We're running across the country. Not, you but used when to run, you get that. Not across the country. Okay. But when he does it, it's really impacting his kids and his marriage. Yeah. This is a phenomenal movie. The movie features Leland Claussen and Sherry Rigby. Hey, Michael, you got that, that preview you could play for us? I do. You want to play it now? Yeah, go ahead. I feel like God wants me to inspire people one last time. College professor and ultra-marathon runner David Horton has another transcontinental race in his sights. Tell us about the Trans Am race. How many days does this insanity take? 64 days. But the run takes a toll on his body and brings his marriage to the breaking point. Do you have any idea what you put us through every time you do one of these things? Maybe Dave is giving you all that he can give you right now. What if it's not enough? He's a legendary runner, but what will be his legacy? What about marriage? What about fatherhood? Your family, they seem like something to run to. Everyone thinks I'm this extraordinary person for all these crazy things I've done. But the only person that I find to be truly extraordinary is you, Nancy Horton. You've always been my extraordinary woman. Based on a true marriage journey. I don't want to just start well with you. I want to finish well. Extraordinary. A one-night event in select theaters. Thursday, September 7th only. Tickets on sale at ExtraordinaryMovie.com. And really, it was a very good movie. We got to preview it with our daughter. She even liked it. Yes, and if you recognize any of those voices, you heard Kirk Cameron. Yes, you of did. Of course, there's going to be a Kirk appearance in a Liberty. That's right. ExtraordinaryMovie.com. We've got some tickets we can give away to this movie. Mm-hmm. Best to email us, though. 
Jim at IWorkForHim.com, Jim at IWorkTheNumber4Him.com. It's at five theaters in Tampa, and we've got five sets of tickets. Well, we've got 10 tickets per theater in Tampa to give away. So we need to know what theater you can go to and things like that. So give us an email. Hey, uh, Jim at IWorkForHim.com, Jim at IWorkTheNumber4Him.com. You could go out to our website and contact us as well. Extraordinary, the movie, really. September 7th. That's right, September the 7th. It's a Thursday night. What a great date night, Thursday night. We just wanted to highlight it because not very often a movie comes out that's a super high-quality movie talking about building up and strengthening your marriages. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're talking about empty nesting. And Dr. Steph, I had to interrupt you, but we're running out of time. You were, we were starting to talk about getting prepared. Preparation, yeah. The, the, the thought that I had as we were discussing it earlier is that you already alluded to, you can't really prepare because I, as long as that child is in the home, I don't think any of us can fully understand how much our marriage revolves around that child. So until that gap actually gets there until the until the gap occurs till the loss occurs is a better word there's, there's no way of really understanding the impact so you must do all you possibly can to, to strengthen that marriage to to make sure that the husband and wife are are together and, and working in christ through the whole thing because mm-hmm. it's going to be a terrible loss for you i, I want to say i want to call it void Boy, okay. Not loss because okay. we're not losing. <laughs> we're not losing them, and that's yeah, a really that's good, good point, point because Very what it point. is, what is it that we? Why do we raise them? We want them to become <laughs> responsible yes. young adults yes. that are able to, to, to go out of, out of the house. You know, we don't want them still there. I mean, I, we think we might, but ultimately, we want we them to be responsible and on their own. And you know. When you were just saying but that. But they can live on the property, though. <laughs> that would be okay. In a tiny house. Yeah. <laughs> in a tiny house. So, come back, Jeremiah and Aaron. Come back. I was thinking about how you were saying even as much as while you're in the throes of raising kids, it's hard to imagine the void. And especially yeah. this time of year, back to school. There are days I know that parents are like, oh, I can't wait for this to be over where I don't have to do this anymore. And in the in the midst of that, you can't have the conversation right. about, you know, that, it's, that it is gonna be a, a void, that it is gonna be something that you miss. Um, because at that moment, you really want to miss it. <laughs> no sure. more uniforms, no more notebooks. We didn't have to go back to school shopping. I like that. Yeah. Hey, you're tuning into I Work For Him this afternoon as we talk with Dr. Steve and Kathleen Steph and Martha and I about the empty nesting syndrome. How do you get prepared and, and how what's the impact going to be? I, I would say, you know, during that, that initial days after Joshua was gone and then Sarah moved away, you know, we, we joke, when Joshua went, because that was... Here's my playmate. The, the guy was, you know, we, when we went out, we'd run around, we'd run down the beach, we'd kayak, we'd do whatever. It, we'd throw the ball around. It, it was, what do I do? Can I teach Martha how to throw the ball with me? <laughs> <laughs> or go kayaking? I mean, and what did I do last week? You did? I threw a Frisbee with you. It was a windy night. That was not a good idea was, because right. I may never do it you again. You did make it very good. And we, we played bocce ball when the kids were in town last, last weekend. But it was, it was a... a yeah, as much as we knew the time was coming, mm-hmm. it still seemed like it was, it, it was tough. It was still tough. I missed my, I missed my boy. And then when with Sarah, it was even rougher because as she moved out and then moved to Iowa, we had to drive her all fourteen hundred and sixty miles to there. So there was a, a letting go for fourteen hundred and sixty miles, and knowing that when we were done, we were getting on a plane and flying home without her. Yeah. That yeah. was that it's was huge. that was huge. So how can we help our listeners by this conversation? <laughs> oh, I, 
I want to. Can we get a counselor, please? <laughs> Kathleen, I, I was just going to uh, hang on uh, Jim's coattails and say, listeners. It does get better. I promise you it gets better. Praise God, it does get better. You know, God is um, gracious. He is almighty. And um, he's there for us. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it just gets better. So hang in there. Hang tight. Mm-hmm. Well, and it really is. Time does get help you get used to that, the difference, doesn't yes. it, Dr. Steph? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you we talked about that void, and, and you're absolutely right, Kathleen, and what you say about it does get better. The void doesn't go away, but the void ceases to be your primary focus. Mm-hmm. Yes, good words. Yeah. Good words. So just real quickly, I know we're, we're going to come to a break, but the fact that one of the things that you can really do to help this process is investing in your marriage, like what we were oh, yeah. saying, and, and strengthening your marriage. And several ways to do that are to make sure that you are spending time with just your spouse, that you are doing things intentional that can, that can keep you with something in common other than... Yes. The kids. And we had a couple that we, once the kids were in high school, we started going on vacation alone without the kids. We started doing that on a regular basis. Talk about feeling guilty at first, but not for long. Yeah, I got over it. <laughs> yeah. but, very but, good for a marriage. Yeah, it was It was very good. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, I mean, in helping our kids go, listen, our whole goal is for you to leave and be prepared. So we were actively preparing them by teaching them how to run a checkbook. There was things we were going through to help them be prepared, which should have helped us be better prepared when they actually said, okay, I'm ready. I'm going. Got it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Our, our, we intentionally raised our son to be very independent. So we did not have those fears when he moved away, fears for him and his ability to cope and, and deal with the things that he had. We know parents that were good friends of ours that you know, they had children leaving the house that they just weren't, the child was not prepared, the child mm-hmm. was not equipped. So consequently, the parent spent, you know, had so much more stress than we had because of that. Yeah, ours was more internal. It was more like, what do you mean? I have to do the vacuuming now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have to take the buying, garbage out? Buying too much milk or too much bread that goes bad because you don't have as many. You know, so it changed everything. It really, it really, we had to make some modifications. But I think what also was, was good was just that um, recognize, we started letting the leash out more and more and more those last several years. So they were flexible. Our lives did not any longer revolve around their schedule as they did those first two years of college living at home. We encouraged our kids to mooch as long as they could. That was selfishly because they would be around a little longer. But we gave them a lot of flexibility so they knew when they were ready to go, we weren't, our schedules weren't as dictated by yeah, their schedules. Sure. Talking about those years when your kids are all of a sudden gone and you're looking at each other going, who are you? So I have something right before the break, you said you were talking about letting out the leash a little bit at a time and helping kids get used to some independence and stuff if they haven't had it. And one of the things I thought of that can be an encouragement to people is that because that is important. It is very important. And if you know me, you know, that's really important that our listeners take something away and say, okay, what can I, what can I apply? And we would it is so much better to have our kids fail under our own roof oh, when they're when they're making choices and trying to learn about this independence thing to still have us as their um you know their roof and if you are letting out the leash a little at a time so that when they are out on their own they don't 
go crazy because they all of a sudden have this freedom, um, you have a much healthier young adult, yes. I think. So that was something too that we saw in people where they, you know, it's so much protection that all of a sudden their kid had this freedom and then they didn't know how to handle it. <laughs> well, the adult did not handle it because they've been so busy running somebody's life. The kid did not handle it because somebody else was running their life. Right. Yes. So yeah. that's a big key thing. So I think let's talk about some of the coping mechanisms that we used to get through these times. Uh, I know that for Martha and I, talking about it, just really just going, I really miss my boy. I really miss my girl. I mean, I really, I mean, yeah. Well, I don't know if I cry. Kathleen's go. She cried a lot. And that's, I, there, I definitely shed some tears. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was being able to share my feelings going, I'm really, this is really, it's impacted me different. I don't think I could, the toughest time, the hardest I ever cried was when we put him on the plane to Costa Rica and we weren't going to see him for four months. Right. That and was we realized tough. his cell phone wasn't going to work when he landed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, and then it was like. What? That no was rough. That was a little rough. I didn't yeah. cry in front of him, but I did cry afterwards. But it's He's, every goodbye stuff. Knew. But what, what, what are the kinds of coping things? Did I, you... I was thinking about all the closets I cleaned. Yeah. I probably, you know, not, you know, just that keeping busy. You know, what can I do? What can I, what can I control? And one of the things I can control is the things in inside my home. Right, Steve. What about yeah. you? Yeah, let me just speak for just a moment as a counselor. And Kathleen already made a real, <laughs> real good distinction here: the difference in loss and and void. And that's a that's a that's a terrific distinction. I will tell you, however, that I believe most of us uh, react like as though it's a loss. And in dealing with loss, many of us, husbands and wives, choose coping mechanisms that unfortunately are more destructive than constructive like and well for instance we pour ourselves into our work or we pour ourselves into something else yeah. instead of pouring we pour ourselves, ourselves into, another glass we shouldn't or have pour of. ourselves another glass instead of pouring ourselves into each other and and um you know we react as you know you and martha know that you know i've been in the crisis business for 25 years mm-hmm. or so and it's not unusual at all. The husband and the wife deal with loss in two entirely different ways. The two spouses deal with loss in two entirely different Male, ways. Male, female. Male, female, husband, wife, all of that. And we really need to try to focus as much as possible during this time on what are the needs of the spouse. And if both of us are doing that, then... By golly, we both get our needs met that mm-hmm. way. But right. otherwise, we're gonna we're gonna respond to that loss in our own way, and it can be very very destructive. Well, and that's really if if you look at and this is I'm not a counselor and I don't have a doctor, but I do know this that the greatest way to solve this kind of a depression that you may feel into is to serve somebody else. Absolutely, if you're serving Absolutely. your spouse, yeah. you're getting your mind off your own issues and you're helping your spouse out, and that and because marriage is a hundred hundred, you're reciprocating that that will help it. I, I, I think the other thing we didn't, we got to bring up is prayer. I mean, I think we are way, we always prayed with our kids when they were here. We have always prayed for our kids, but I think we pray way more intentionally today now that they're gone. Yes. <laughs> now that we have uh, zero, yeah. we only have influence when they give us influence. Yeah, I agree. But the prayer thing. Yes, absolutely. What yeah. do you mean? Tell me what you mean. I mean, how much prayer, I mean, talk to me about how your prayer life changed after Jeremiah and Aaron moved 13 hours by, or 23 hours by plane away well I, th- I think we're not as involved in parenting quite frankly and we have more time for praying than just parenting you know our, our parenting has to shift not only our priority but our modality so that modality is i've, I've got to pray now because quite frankly there's nothing else i can do right you know? and, so. and what is prayer all about anyway just, are, are we praying for god to change something well maybe 
But when we're praying and we're down on our face, we're on our hands and knees, it's changing us. It's changing right. our heart and how we see things, and it's comforting us. Good right. for you. Yeah. And that is very, very true. Great answer. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, I just was thinking about the fact that, you know, God never leaves us. And so we never have that void in Correct. our lives. Mm-hmm. We often, um, we fail to turn to him as much as we should in that sense. And you think about, you know, he's, he's, if he were in human form, he'd be like, hello, I'm over here. Mm-hmm. Don't forget about me. You know, when we're, when we're moaning and groaning about our situation. So mm-hmm. I think that um, just being aware and using this perspective as humans as to how God sees us and that he's always there for us. So uh, we can go to him anytime. Is there ever a time when it's too late to get ready for the empty nest? Trick question. No, of course, there's never a time <laughs> when there should be too late. I didn't want to have too much dead time there, uh, dead air. I, I mean, the couples, if you're listening today and you got kids that are in high school and kids that are in college and you're looking to the empty nest, mm-hmm. start dating each other. Start yes. fi- find something you can do together Send as a Send her flowers. <laughs> Not That's a everybody good likes one. Oh, um, Yeah. Every, all women like flowers. Sure, that's great. Send him flowers. Have you ever gotten flowers, Steve? Bring home chocolate. You know, I don't think I don't know that I ever have gotten flowers. But, I don't you know, know part, flowers the, or part, chocolate. Part of the preparation, you know, Martha's talked about the preparation. You have both talked about the preparation on the child. Part of what we're supposed to be teaching with our children is how to be a healthy husband and wife. Right. Right. You know, so to I demonstrate think it. We're to supposed demonstrate to be modeling that. And and you talk about you all going on a date without your child later on. That that's a great model. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Our kids have to see a picture of that. I mean, as men, we're supposed to demonstrate to our sons what it looks like to be a great husband and Man a great father, right. and to our daughters what they should expect in a husband and a father, and to you guys as moms, the, the opposite thing. I mean, to show a son what a great wife should look like, and to show your daughter what a great wife should look like. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. I can remember that there were times where it was conflicting, where you know we had hired a babysitter for the kids, and they're crying because they didn't want us to go or whatever, and if if we had been intentional at that point even to say to the kids and i believe there was a point where you put this in your vocabulary where you said to the kids your mommy is very important to me and i want to just go spend time with her and i want you to know that that's why i'm spending time with her but if we can have that approach it's not that i don't want to be with you kids no that's not it it's your my spouse your mommy your daddy are more important right now and i need to go have time with just mommy or daddy i probably also added in there and a little time away from you might do me some you good. You might have said that as well. <laughs> but hopefully what the kids took away was. They probably don't oh, remember that. You know, dad thinks mom's important and yeah. mom's his friend. That's a great model. You know, so. Were, were your kids, were our kids ready? Was Jeremiah ready? He was ready. Jeremiah was ready. We had spent many years going back and forth from Raleigh, North Carolina to Boone, North Carolina whitewater rafting and hiking and so on and so forth and every time we traveled to Boone he wanted to go on that campus every time so consequently years of traveling and uh, touring that campus that's the only school he wanted to go to Mm -hmm. 
On top of that, he took half of his senior class with him. So yeah. he was ready. <laughs> I know that's not really the, yeah. the answer to your question, but, but, but I think that's he the was key. ready. We're supposed to raise our kids to be ready to be independent. Yeah, yeah. and as we said earlier, I mean, we were intentional about raising Jeremiah to be independent, to, to know how to think on his feet. I mean, we were intentional about that mm. through his and, entire life. And to live life. his faith out on his own. Yes. live his faith out on his own. And I you know, praise God that that, that stuck. And we praise God that, that he's able to do that now. And I can, we can attest to the fact that his wife is, is, has told his mother and me that one of the things that she loves is that she knows that she's going to be cared for by him. Mm. She's going to be protected by him. Yes. Because he's, he's capable of doing His integrity, yes. Yeah, so we're proud of that and proud of him in the process and praising God. But New Zealand. Yeah, no, I know. Don't rough. rub it in, yeah, Jim. Just, Come yeah. on, get I know, off I wind up. I wind up friends about Jacksonville, <laughs> Iowa yeah, City. Don't say and anything. Minneapolis. I got nothing on you guys. <laughs> nothing at all. All right. So words. Let's just give one word of wisdom to the people that are out there listening. What's one last thing and how one of the best things you can do to get prepared for the empty nesting syndrome? Martha, you first. Um, make your spouse a priority and yeah. think of it in Good. respects of how how's our relationship going to be if nobody else were in the room steve good pray hard mm. kathleen i would say prayer because that is definitely what made made it change for me it, it's it's what got me through enjoy really. <laughs> enjoy the last days you have with them don't argue the, don't your wish way your through days them, and don't, don't wish your away. days away that's right parents. enjoy those last days yeah. it comes way too fast this has been a lot of fun dr steve and kathleen steph thanks for joining us on i work for him today Thank you, Jim and Martha. Thanks. It's great. great. Thanks for giving away your books. Uh, you know, I'm sorry that you know, I had to take away your last two. Oh, that's all right. I, I'm fine. <laughs> no, we're not. We're oh, not no, sorry. No, not at all. <laughs> all right. But Martha's a great conversation. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that people really need to hear about because this is something we dealt with. Yes. I mean, people are having to think through this stuff. Yeah. And we're glad to have an open conversation about it. Yeah, we really are. And this can impact your faith and your work. you got to be ready. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately... I work for him. him.